All right, everybody. Hey, I just want to say welcome to New Life. I'm so glad you guys are here with us today. My name is Jeff Baker. I get the chance of being the lead pastor here. And what a joy it is to be uh, one church in hundreds of locations today with New Life Church Online. First, I want to say welcome to everybody that's a guest. Maybe you've, you've never worshiped with us before, but yet you've been around your house. Maybe you've had some time off of work or whatever. And you're just got, you're going, man, I'm going to find a church today. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this weekend. It's such a privilege to have you with us. Please make sure you make your way uh, and search throughout our entire website. If you're, you know, worshiping with us uh, at our website, mynewlifechurch.com, and you're on the church online platform, if you're on our YouTube channel right now, or you're worshiping with us on Facebook, uh, I just want to invite you to, you know, afterwards, go check out our website, mynewlifechurch.com. We got a lot to offer you. And I also want to say this, welcome to everybody who's a new lifer. Come on, let me hear you guys shout right now in your living rooms, in your cars, in your offices. Yeah, come on, raise the roof right? Yeah, it's exciting, man. We're one church, hundreds of locations online right now. This weekend, it's exciting. Now look, I got some stuff for you, okay? Here's where we're going. This is our current teaching series. The series is titled, This Changes Everything. Now, you might be thinking, this changes everything, and I'm going to be just talking about this whole virus thing. I'm not talking about the virus that changed everything. In fact, what I'm referring to in this title is the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus is what changed everything, guys. You know, you think about it. Jesus died, he rose again from the grave, and then he ascended into heaven. Did you, did you realize that the crux, the cornerstone of Christianity is built around the fact that when Jesus rose again from the grave, it changed everything? And you know what, it, it, changed, it, it changed so much that it allows you and me to be here today and worship. And if you want to know more about how the resurrection changed everything, then you're going to want to mark on your calendars and you're going to want to be with us here at New Life Church, whether we're online or we're at one of our campuses, you know, in North Platte, Ogallala. You could be watching from there as well right now. Uh, I want you to mark on your calendars. Join us for Easter at New Life Church. I'm going to drive it home. I'm going to help you guys understand how powerful the resurrection was and how it changed everything. But today... Today, what we're looking at is the topic that I've just simply entitled this, give what you have. Give what you have. You know, I mean, in all fairness, and all seriousness, you really can only give what you have, right? I mean, if you don't have it to give, you can't give it. Give what you have. Uh, you know, but, but I'm just going to be open and honest with you. When I, when I first thought about what should I title this message today, give what you have, you know the, th the first thought that went through my mind, give what you have? It might be the thought that's going through your mind right now as well. And that's this, virus, right? Like if you have the virus, it, it, we are, we're told now this is COVID-19 virus. It, it's so contagious that you transmit it, you, you give it to others, right? Before you even know that you may even have it. And so this virus is something that we're giving to one another. And so that's one of the reasons why even now we're church online. And so you kind of give what you have. But I've, I've got this like serious question I want everybody to be thinking about with me right now. And that's this. Well, what about Jesus? Should Jesus be as contagious in our community as the virus and even greater than the virus? That's a question. You know, I would love to hear your feedback on that. You know, if you just like go right now, wherever you're watching this and just post right now, what do you think? Should Jesus be more contagious than the virus is, right? Um, it, it, I want to know what you think. My guess is this, that what we're getting right now is a bunch of yeses or a bunch of amens or a bunch of thumbs up, right? We're getting a bunch of that right now. 
And that would be right. And the, the, reason, the reason is this, guys. I, I just know this, that when you have more of Jesus in your life, you should be contagious with the gospel. That when people are around you, they should know this. Like, man, that guy or that woman, they know God. That man or that woman, they know Jesus. That teenager, that young adult, they know Jesus. And guys, that's the kind of church we really want to be. So what does it look like to give what you have? All right? Well, in light of the fact that the resurrection changed everything, I thought what might be beneficial for us is to go back and look at the early church. Right? What happened after Jesus ascends into heaven? Because it changed everything. And how did these like, first believers, how did they really cope with this new environment of, you know, wow, we're, we're now trying to like, learn what it means to be a believer without Jesus. Right? What, what it looks like to stand up for our faith, even though Jesus had been brutally murdered on a cross. What, what does that really look like? And then, and then they had to learn how to give what they had away to others. I'm just going to be telling you right now, I'm just going to tell you, they didn't have much to give away, number one. But these guys and gals in the early church, they gave what they had, and they gave it freely away. And so what would that look like for us today? What does it look like for us to give it away? So we're going back to the early church, and we're going to look at what they did, and then we're going to compare that to what we can do today. So if you have your Bibles or you have your version app open and you find New Life Church, then I want you to go to Acts chapter three. We're gonna start in verse one and we're gonna read through verse eight. So get your Bible, get your notepads out, join me. Here, here we go. Take a look at what happened in the early church and be thinking about the whole idea. They gave what they had, okay? So Peter and John, they went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. All right. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called beautiful. So, so he could beg, you know, from people that were going into the temple each and every day. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and said these words, look at us, right? Look at us, right? And the lame man, he looked at them eagerly. Why? Because he was expecting some money. That's why he was looking at him. But Peter said to him, look, guys, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. Come on, say that with me really quick. But I'll give you what I have, okay? And then in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Peter says to him, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and he helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and his ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. I mean, come on, that's a powerful miracle. So the guy, he jumped up, he stood on his feet and he began to walk, right? Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. I mean, what a powerful story. I mean, just imagine if you would have been there that day, you know, and heard Peter go, hey dude, look, I'm sorry, man, I don't have any money. But what I do have in Jesus' name, stand up and walk. And then he grabs him by the hand and he pulls him up. And as he pulls him up, the guy's legs like snap, crackle, pop. Remember that old commercial, snap, crackle, pop into your morning? His legs were like snap, crackle, pop, and bam, he's up. And when he realizes for the first time maybe in his entire life or for the first time in a long time, right, he's, his weight is supported by his own legs and then he starts walking and then he realizes, I can walk. And then he starts leaping. And then he starts running. Guess the next thing he does? He goes into the temple to do what? To praise God. That's where he went. 
Guys, there's some powerful things we can learn about this. And when it comes to what does it look like to give what you have? Well, the first thought I have about giving what you have is this, that God wants, God wants to miraculously intersect your mundane. God wants to miraculously intersect your mundane. I mean, think about it with me, okay? Peter and John, they were, they were going for regular prayer. Do you remember what time they were going for regular prayer at? If you know it, just say it right now in your living room. When were they going for regular prayer? It was three in the afternoon. I got good news for everybody. Listen, listen, lean in right now. All right, lean in, listen up very quickly, okay? Hear me out on this one. Do you have a hard time getting up in the morning to pray like you want to? Do you have a hard time getting up in the morning to read your Bible the way you want to? Do you just have a hard time getting up in the morning? And if you felt guilty about, well, I just can't get up in the morning and pray like everybody else does. I want you to notice this. When did the disciples go for prayer? Three o'clock in the afternoon to, guys, check this out in your Bible. It says a regularly scheduled prayer meeting. Good news. I got good news for everybody. All right. I actually believe that praying in the morning, reading God's word in the morning is a great way to start out your day. But if it doesn't work for you, then look, here's the truth about God. God's open for business 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. God's open for business whenever you want to go. So here are these guys where they were going to three o'clock. Someone, by the way, that's good news, by the way. So in, in your living room right now, wherever you're at with family or friends, or if it's just you, will you just turn to yourself or turn to others and say, amen, that's a good word, right? So listen, three o'clock in the afternoon, these guys are going for prayer. I, I just love that. Okay, but listen, here, here's what was happening, okay, because God wants to miraculously intersect your mundane. They were walking through the gate called beautiful. How many times did they walk through the gate called beautiful to get to the temple? Every day. How many times do you think they walked by that beggar in their lifetime? Multiple times. They walked by that beggar multiple times. <clears throat> so here, here they are in their mundane routine, going for prayer at three in the afternoon, walking through the gate, right? Walking by the same beggar, they're in their routine. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like you can hear it happening. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to Peter and he goes, wait a minute. And it's like Peter's going through the sights and the sounds of Jerusalem are all around him. And he's walking through and then all of a sudden he just goes, boom. And he stops in his tracks as he hears the man begging for money. And the whisper of the Holy Spirit is now spoke to him. And he says this to Peter, Peter, I want to heal that man today. And can you imagine what it would have been like for Peter at that very moment? All the hustle and bustle. You think about, a, think about like just whatever show you've ever watched, right? That's trying to portray the ancient world and the gates of a fortified city. How many people are coming and going through that gate, guys? I'm going to just tell you this. It's going to be pretty hectic I've been to Jerusalem a couple of times. I've walked through the gates of Jerusalem. I was going to tell you, there's a lot of traffic coming and going. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of commotion, okay? And here this guy, he's got, he's got prime real estate to beg. Peter's walked by him a lot of times, mundane routine act. And then in the midst of chaos, basically, Peter senses the Holy Spirit tell him, hey, stop, Peter. I, I got something I want to do for this guy's life. And then Peter acts on that and he sees God do something amazing. Guys, I just want to tell you this. God, God wants to interrupt your mundane routine on a daily basis, and he wants to show you his power. He wants to show you his authority. God wants to actually move through you. I want to tell you this, believers, if you're a believer, 
That means you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. He's your leader and he's your Lord. I want you to know something. The same Holy Spirit that lived in Peter is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. That means this, the same whisper of the Holy Spirit that spoke to Peter is the same whisper of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you, right? So look, I don't want you to fear the whisper of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want you to lean in. I encourage every single person that's listening to my voice right now that surrendered their life to Jesus to lean in, right? And look for opportunities where God is wanting to intersect your routine day. Look at New Life Church, we have a core value. One of our core values is this, that seekers find God. So church, I want you to know this, that when you start seeking God on a regular basis, you're hungry for God, like Peter, he was hungry for God. These guys were praying on a regular basis. When you're seeking God, you are going to find him. And in finding him, you're going to hear things like this. You're gonna hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Hey, stop what you're doing. Talk to this person, pray for this person, say this to that person. Call this person, send them a text, send them a Facebook you know, message. Encourage them right in this moment. I want you to think about with me, just think about this. Let's let your mind explode with this idea, right? Think about what would happen if God, God's people intentionally and with hunger wanted to hear God's voice more often in their life. Just think about this for a second. What if you and everybody with you, and everybody who's watching with us all across central, western Nebraska, wherever you're watching around the world with us, one church, hundreds of locations, what would it look like if all of us this week got really hungry and we wanted to hear God and sense God move in our lives and we wanted to follow the whisper of the Holy Spirit? What would happen to the world around us? Let me just say this to you. I think what would happen is that the world would wake up and they would start to see and sense and hear the power and the wonder and the awe of God. So church, I just want you to know right now, as your pastor, maybe for some of you, I'm just your friend right now, right? I encourage you to pray. Pray for the sick this week. They're sick around you, pray for them. I encourage you to reach out, <clears throat> reach out to people, you know, when, when God puts them on your heart, whatever that looks like. I encourage you to be generous when God prompts your heart to be generous. What am I saying to you? I'm saying this. When the Holy Spirit whispers to you, I want you to follow that whisper. And guys, it was probably about mm, two months ago in my office, I'm just doing my, my regular routine. And it's like the Holy Spirit put somebody in this church on my heart. I'm not gonna tell you who it was. They put a, God, God just kind of put that name on my heart. And I prayed for them for a while until I realized God's not lifting that, that name off my heart. And so then, then I decided I, I'm going to text them. <laughs> so then I text them. Hey, just want you to know I'm praying for you. You know, this God's been putting you on my heart. And I still couldn't get away from it. So then I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. And I picked up the phone and I dialed it, right? And I talked to them and I said, hey, look, I don't know what's going on right now, but I just want you to know God's been putting you on my heart all morning long and I've been praying for you. And on the other end, guys, it was like you could hear a pin drop. And you know what ended up happening? because I followed that whisper of the Holy Spirit and let God intersect my mundane with the miraculous, it changed everything for that person. So what does it look like to give what you have? It means this, allow God to intersect your mundane and follow the whisper of the Holy Spirit and act on those whispers. If you don't, if you've never heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit, I'm just gonna encourage you throughout the rest of our time together here online and this week, would you just say to God, God, can I hear your whisper a little bit more in my life? 
Because if I hear your whisper, I just want to follow it, whatever that looks like. Church, I'm just going to say this. You pray that dangerous prayer, then be ready for the Holy Spirit to whisper to you and be ready to take the steps that God's asking you to take. Well, there's more to this story. I mean, way more to what we read out of Acts chapter three that I just want to talk to you really quick about, okay? Because the second great thing that stands out to me of what it looks like to give, you know, to give what you have away is this, that you have to know what you have. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know what you have, then... You know, how do you know how to give it away? I, I, look, let's just be completely open and honest. Some of you guys, you got more than you even realize you have. Like some of you need to walk back into your garage and look through some boxes because you got some stuff that you forgot you have, right? I, I was going through some of the closets uh, here at New Life Church and uh, recently, and I was going through like some of the youth closets and, you know, some things looking for some stuff. And all of a sudden I realized, holy cow, we've got a lot of stuff around here. We got stuff we didn't even realize we have. Um, and so maybe that's what, what it is for you. So you have to know what you have if you want to be somebody that, you know, gives away what God gave you to give away. Um, and that's the same thing with Peter. Peter knew what he had and he knew what he didn't have. Let's go back to the story. Remember with me. What does Peter know he doesn't have? Remember, he's walking through the gate, and the man says to him, hey, sir, can I have some money? What does Peter say he doesn't have? He goes, look, I don't have any money. Okay, I get that. I've walked the streets of a lot of cities, both here in America and around the world. I've ran into a lot of people begging for money on the streets, and I'm just going to tell you, I've said what Peter said before. I've said to him, look, guys, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. But again, and just being transparent, did I have money or did I not have money? And then the truth is this, I didn't have cash, but I had my wallet with me. And in my wallet is a credit card. So did I have money with me? Of course. Of course I had money with me. I just didn't have cash to give away, which is totally different than what Peter's saying. Peter's not saying, hey, hey, look, like I got a credit card. It, it's back at the upper room where we've been praying for the last 40 days. No, Peter's going, look, I don't, in my change purse, you don't hear anything jingling. You know, in my, in my change pouch, you don't hear anything jingling. When Peter was walking the streets, guys, he could just whisper his way through the streets. There wasn't anything jingling change-wise in his, in his, you know, coin pouch. So this guy is like going, look, I don't have any money because I am broke. I got nothing to give you. But then what does Peter help us understand? He knows what he has. You have to know what you have if you want to be somebody that gives it away. Right? He knows what he has. What does he have? He goes, look, I don't have money, but what I do have, I give to you in Jesus' name. What did he have, guys? He had the power of the Holy Spirit living within him. That's what he had. It was a difficult day for Peter. He doesn't have actual cash on him, but he has the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does he do with that? He gives it away. So what, what does that teach us right now? In these difficult times that we're living in, in these challenging times, in these times that are totally different <clears throat> than anything you lived in and that I've ever lived in, we've got something to give away. So listen to me, right? Let's just go all the way to the extreme. You might lose your job during this time, time period. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I just know this. Some people are going to lose their jobs, right? Others are going to take a, a serious pay cut. And that might be you too. Some of us are going to get sick. Others are not. You might be in any one of those situations, but in the end, none of that matters. Because in the end, that's not what you're giving away. We often think of, well, what can I give away? And we go monetarily. 
What can I give away? Or we go, time. What can I give away? My time. Well, if you're out of a job or your pay gets cut or you're sick, you don't have the money to give away and you don't have the time to give away. So that doesn't matter because what you do have, you can still give. And that's this. If you're a believer, you got Jesus living in you. You got Jesus to give. That encourages people, right? When you pray in Jesus' name, it encourages people. What else do you have? You got the power of the Holy Spirit. So look, the whisper of the Holy Spirit can lead you into a moment where you give away. You give away what you know, God's put in your heart. You can give what you have. But here, here's the other thing. You got God's word, guys. And so look, you know, if, you're, if you're going to give what you have, you have to know what you have. That means this, the more you know Jesus, the more Jesus you get to give away. The more you know God's word, the more of God's word you get to give away. So I just got a thought for you. Here's, here's one of the truths about humanity, okay? What you trust, you know. And what you know, you can give away. Okay, let me say it one more time. What you trust, you know. And what you know, you can give away. Let me give you a couple crazy examples. If you trust that a particular pill will keep you healthy, you'll know everything about that pill and you'll want to tell everybody about it. If you trust that a certain stock is going to make you wealthy, you'll know everything about that stock and you'll probably want to tell others about it as well. If you trust that a parachute is going to keep you safe when you jump out of the plane, (laughs) which let's all hope that it does, right? When you do that, then here's what you know. You know everything about that parachute. You packed it, the whole thing, and you want to tell others about your experience. So listen to me. If you put your trust in Jesus, then here's what I encourage you to do. Go on the most radical journey you've ever gone on to know more about Jesus because the more you know you trust Jesus, the more you're going to give him away. So guys, you have to know what you have. And you've got Christ and the Holy Spirit and his word living in you. God's going, I want you to give that away. Lastly, in this story, though, what really stands out to me is this, this statement that, we, that you can boldly offer what you have. Boldly offer. So just, like, watch this. Here's what, here's what Peter does with the man, okay? Peter doesn't suggest or ask the man, hey, I don't have any money to give you, but do you want what I have? He doesn't say it in a question form. He doesn't go, hey, would you like to have what I have? He doesn't ask it. What does he do? He commands it. He goes, look, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you command in Jesus' name. I wonder where Peter got that. And I can only think to myself about moments like this that Peter lived through. When he's in a boat with Jesus and Jesus is saying, hey, look, guys, we're going to cross over the Sea of Galilee to the other side. And halfway into the journey, storms come up. And storms are going to wreck them. And, they, and the disciples are freaking out. And they think, man, the boat's going to go down in the storm, right? We're, we're not going to live through this. Jesus, you know, he, he's asleep in the boat. Doesn't he care about us? What's going on? And they wake Jesus up to help bail the water out. And what does Jesus do? Long story short, Jesus stands up and he does this to the, to the storm. And he does this to the waves. And he says for them to stop in Jesus' name. Stop to the wind. Stop to the waves. He spoke it out of his mouth. 
He didn't suggest it. Hey, Waves, you think you could calm down a little bit? We got to get to the other side. He could have, but he didn't. He didn't suggest to the wind. You think you could just dial it down a few knots? You know, it's a little too much for us out here. In fact, you think you can give us like a tailwind and push us through this moment? Jesus didn't, he didn't suggest it. He commanded it. And I see Peter going, I remember when my master commanded, you know, to the waters for them to cease. And they did command the waves to cease and command the winds to cease. And they did. And Peter looks at the man. He goes, I command you in Jesus name, rise up and walk. I could also think of another moment when right after Jesus calms the storm and they end up on the shore that they get off, they get off the boat. And the Bible says that when they got off the boat, they ran right into a demon possessed man. This man was filled with many demons. In fact, the demons were so many that they named themselves, right? This grouping of demons, they named themselves Legion. And I just want you to know something about what Jesus did. Jesus did not suggest to the demons, hey, hey guys, you, you think you maybe could leave this guy alone a little bit? You think you guys could maybe just like go into this group of pigs over here? Jesus didn't suggest it, he commanded it. And so church, look, we need to boldly offer what you have. And that's what Peter did. Peter boldly stepped out and he put his trust in the power of Jesus' name. Just like, guys, I can see Peter doing this. What else drove Peter to say to the man, get up and walk in Jesus' name? Was the fact that one day when Jesus was coming to them, walking on water, Peter says to him, hey, Lord, can I come out with you? And Jesus was like, come on out. And Peter climbed Look, unnatural to, to mankind, right? Not in the shallow, in the deep end of the lake. He climbs out of the boat, puts his feet onto the water, and he stands on the water. Guys, I'm gonna tell you this, that Peter, just like he stepped out of the boat onto the water, he was stepping out of the unknown when he was speaking to this man and commanding him to get up and walk in Jesus' name. So I just want you to hear me clearly. I think we need to boldly offer what we have. But in boldly offering what you have, okay, I don't think that we should be pushy about it. I just think that we need to be more confident. I, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, us as believers, as the church of, at general, I, I just don't think that we truly grasp the true confidence that we should have in Jesus' name. The confidence that the power of Jesus' name is more powerful than anything. That the name of Jesus, is, it's greater than anything that you will ever face today, tomorrow, or next week. Or that the name of Jesus is more powerful than anything that will ever come against you. Whatever's coming against us right now in the midst of this crisis that we're in worldwide or will ever come against you in the future, right? Or whatever, whatever's going on around you. I'm just telling you, Jesus and his name is more powerful than that, okay? It's, it's, it's greater than anything you're ever gonna face. So guys, when you give what you have, it changes everything. And that's what God's asking us to do today. God's asking us to give what you have because he's going, when you give me, Jesus, away, it changes everything. So I just wanna wrap this up with you today. Okay, I wanna ask one question. How do you give what you have in 2020? I get, I get how Peter did that, right? He was walking the streets and here's this beggar. And so he had this keen opportunity and he seized it. And it was like, you know, a couple thousand years ago. But, but how do you truly give what you have in 2020? In fact, how do you give what you have in the midst of this time when some of us are quarantined to our houses, when the workforce is lower than it's been in a long time? 
when the streets are kind of spooky and they're in the midst of like less cars? How do you give what you have when people want to, when you got to you know, maintain social distancing? Like, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, how do you give what you have? Because what you have is more powerful than anything that's going on right now. You got Jesus. You have God's word. You got the Holy Spirit coursing through you and he wants to inspire others. Let's look at how you can give what you have in 2020. The first thought that I have for you is this. Keep your focus on what really matters. Simple, right? In the time that we live in right now, if your world's anything like mine, you, you go home, you, you turn on the news, or you're at home and you can't get away from the news. And, you know, news report after news report after news report is like virus, 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 virus. It's like you just can't get away from it. And it can kind of suck you in. And if you don't want to listen to that, then you might go and just binge watch, right, on uh, Amazon Prime or on Hulu or on Netflix or whatever. And you can spend all day just searching through YouTube, right? And so you, you just waste tons and tons and tons of hours gaming or whatever it is that you're going to do. And I just want to say this to you, reading this first one again. Keep your focus on what really matters. What really matters during this time? If you're going to give what you have, then I would suggest to you this. Stay, stay focused on Christ. Don't get wrapped up in fear and anxiety right now. Right? Don't get wrapped up in this storyline that's going on because I'm going to tell you, it's a season, it's going to blow over, but I'm going to tell you this. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Get to know him. Focus in on him. Get more in God's word. Okay? Get closer to him. Focus in on what really matters right now because if you focus in on what matters, then you've got something to give away, which, by the way, is going to do what? It's going to bring hope to people. Right now, believers should be bringing hope to people. Hope to your family, hope to your neighbors, hope to your coworkers. So focus on what really matters, guys. The virus isn't what really matters. It's Jesus. <laughs> so focus in on Jesus. He's what really matters. Here's a couple more things. How do you get what you have in 2020 and what we're dealing with right now? Look for opportunities in the mundane. Yeah, in your average everyday routine. I, man, I challenge you right now, okay? Look for opportunities in your mundane. That means I want you to start asking the Lord. Lord, show me, like Peter, show me in my everyday routine how you're whispering to me because I want to follow you. I want to be a part of your solution of what's going on right now. Did you guys realize that? Do you realize that part of the solution of getting ourselves out of where we're at right now globally with this virus thing? Did you know that part of the solution, God wants to use you? He wants to use you. Yeah. And you're going, Jeff, you're not in my living room. Like, you're not with me right now. You don't even know who I am right now. I'm just telling you this. Look, if, if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I guarantee you he wants to use you as part of the solution of where we're at right now. And that means he wants to interrupt your mundane interrupt your routine, but we have to be listening. So let's all be in an attitude of God, interrupt my mundane, interrupt my, my, my routine. Show me how I can be a part of the solution, to bring hope and encouragement and prayer and inspiration to others through whose name? Jesus' name. Here's one more thought. Interject Jesus into every struggle or problem. Okay, look, again, You've got the power of the Holy Spirit living in you and you've got God's word. When you're faced with a struggle or a problem, and I guarantee you, you will be during this season that we're in, don't shy away from it. Don't try to just give, you know, like just average human encouragement, right? Bring Jesus right into the middle of it. 
That's what Peter did with the crippled man. He brought Jesus right into the middle of it. You see what I'm saying? And then what did he do? He followed up with it and he stuck his hand out. He didn't just say something to the man. He got himself engaged with the story. He sticks his hand out and he pulls the man up onto his feet. Guys, look, I beg you, some people, they need more than just a prayer. They need more than just a Bible verse from you. They need you to interject yourself into their life and bring Jesus to the solution and grab them by the hands and help them walk out of fear. Help them walk out of anxiety, okay? Help them walk through sickness, right? Help them get through the difficult times. Interject yourself. Get in there and bring Jesus to the, to the problem. Bring Jesus to the struggle. Pray for them, follow up with them. I guarantee you, pray with them and follow up with them. It's what Jesus is asking all of us to do as believers right now in this day. Give what you have. Get what you have. This is the best thing you got to give, by the way. You can't fix this problem with your money. You can't fix this problem with your time, but you can fix this issue that we're wrestling with right now in Jesus' name, I'm telling you. And then one last thing that I don't want to overlook, and that's this one. Schedule regular times of prayer. As we, <clears throat> as we really kind of drift back to the beginning of the story, where did we find Peter and John going? They were going to the temple for what? A regular time of prayer. Guys, look, I, I, I can't tell you how important it is right now to schedule a regular time of prayer in your life. Because the more that we pray, the closer we get to Jesus, the more we have to give away. So let's schedule some time of prayer. In fact, I wanna do that with you right now. Okay, I'm gonna pray to wrap up this sermon. And then, and then we're gonna be moving on from there in some time of worship, in some time of seeking God on your own. And I wanna help you do that right now in your living room. So look, kick off the awkwardness, okay? Get, get yourself in a comfortable spot, all right? Kids, teenagers that are watching me, all right? L leave the people, people next to you, leave them, leave them alone for a few minutes. Because these next few minutes we're gonna spend together are vital. So I wanna lead you into what I just said, scheduling a time of prayer. You scheduled the time to be with us. Now I want you to schedule the next few minutes to press in to God. I'm gonna pray. I'll give you some instructions after I pray and then we'll go on from there. So why don't you join me as we pray and we seek the one who gives us what we have to give away. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus is a powerful name that changes all things. <laughs> It was the name of Jesus that caused that man a couple thousand years ago to stand up at that gate beautiful and to walk away from that moment that, well, quite frankly, he would never have walked away from if it wasn't in the power and the inspiration of Jesus' name being spoken into the midst of that world at that very moment. So God, we know that the name of Jesus is all powerful. We know that the name of Jesus changes everything. And so Lord, right now, I just ask that you would, you would bring your presence right into these living rooms, right into these offices, right into these, you know, whatever area they're at, their bedroom, wherever they're watching this. I, I ask you to invade their space right now and meet them where they're at. As we take these next few minutes, may we be reminded that we can only give what we have. And so if we wanna give more Jesus, we gotta press into Jesus. If we want to give more of your word, we got to press into your word. So Lord, we're encouraged by the fact that seekers, they find God. And right now, as we seek you, 
I'm expecting that people will actually find you in their living room, that people will actually find you as they're seeking you in these next few minutes. So Lord, invade their space and show up in those living rooms. In Jesus' name, amen.